There's a snap. There's a kick. It is up. It is. No good. No one missed. I think we got a heck of a shot of winning. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. For all you non-believers, disrespect us, talk crap about the defense, like we ain't the third best defense in the league. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Fitzpatrick. And so, Eric Decker holds it in. The Jets win in overtime. And the New York Giants, given the last rights by many in December, are the Super Bowl champs in February. This is NFL Friday, going long on all news, reaction, and game picks for the Giants, Jets, and across the NFL on WFUV Sports. Hello and welcome into NFL Friday, FUV's exclusive look at the National Football League. I'm Andrew Galata alongside WFUV beat reporter for the New York Jets, Mike Legan. And Miles Grossman will be joining us just in a little bit as our fantasy expert. But Mike, how you doing? Jets, I mean, this season's been a roller coaster to say the least, but how you doing? I'm not good. Yeah. I'm not good. No, I'm not doing good at all. Uh, personally, I'm fine, but yeah. the New York Jets, they do not make me feel very good right about now. And I'm sure we'll get into more in the overall Jets segment, but... Oh my gosh! I mean, there's just so much. I'm just so like fed up. I'm just so sick and tired of it. You know, we were on, we were, we did the football broadcast together a couple yeah. weeks ago, and I kind of just started screaming at you. Uh, well, more like at the microphone, you were kind of just there. <laughs> yeah. But I was saying, like, when am I finally gonna have a season when my team can play relevant football games past the World Series? My team's football season is over before the baseball season even ends. And once again, that is what's happening here. Just a brutal loss last week to Buffalo. They're going to be at home this week against Miami. I will be there. You know, look, at the end of the day, the food's still nice in the press box and, uh, you know, get, gets me out of the – gets me off the campus of Fordham for a little bit, a little nice outing on a Sunday. But, oh, my gosh, I just – I just – I can't. I can't. It just it, – it's literally, like, just what I think this team has reached rock bottom, and I want to hear your thoughts as well. <laughs> but just what I think this team has reached a rock bottom. You know, I thought – Oh man, Todd Bowles. Oof. This can't get any lower than this. Then they hire Adam Gase. Well, can't get any lower than this. Maybe they'll just be mediocre. They get two wins last year. Okay, oh, get any worse than this. Well, how about we give up forty plus points in three of our last four games? I, I just don't know what to say anymore. It's it's been a tough it's been a tough road. And then also you have these big wins just out of nowhere, which I don't know if if you're a Jets fan, if you're just encouraged by it, or you just like pat out of the bag all of a sudden you're you're beating a team like the Bengals or a team like the Titans. It's 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 honestly when you when you look at the Jets, you feel like just every like sixth week they're gonna play like a playoff team, and then every other week they're just gonna play like you know a college team basically at this point. And you know when you look at this team, fourth in the AFC East, forty-five to seventeen loss against Buffalo, and obviously that's gonna be a tough game. Buffalo, obviously the class of the AFC East, and when you look at the Jets, it just seems like a little bit of a mess right now to say the least, especially at the quarterback position. You have Zach Wilson who's not ready coming off his injury. Mike White starts last week. I started a few games in the past. And now, you know, he's the Jets. They're going to turn around. Robert Sala comes in. And now Joe Flacco will be starting Sunday's game against the Dolphins. And that's kind of the big story. Flacco obviously acquired in a trade a few weeks back against the Eagles. So, Mike, Flacco's starting. And it just seems like a questionable move to me just because, you know, Mike White, 
he's had his struggles, but he looks like a competent backup to me, at least, especially as a young competent backup. It's definitely something to at least right now try to discover to see what he's got. This team is young. This team is not going to make the playoffs. It just doesn't make much sense to have Joe Flacco start. Yeah, I mean, look, I think you bring up a lot of valid points. You know, I, I'm going to say this, and I think this is kind of like contrary to what maybe a lot of Jet fans and, you know, some other media personalities might feel right now. I'm not going to knock the the Joe Flacco decision, the, the decision to start him. I, it makes sense because when you think about it this way, look, Mike White, you, you brought in Joe Flacco. And you, if you're going to bring in like a guy like that who obviously he's not who he was, but he's a veteran quarterback, he's been around forever, he's won a Super Bowl, you're, and you traded a six-round pick for the guy, you know, obviously he's going to start at some point. To me, you know, the trade to me still makes absolutely zero sense. I have no idea why they traded for Joe Flacco. I find it completely absurd. You know, you had Mike White on this roster who, of course, proved in that Cincy game, proved in that quarter against Indianapolis, you know, and even proved a little bit in that first Patriot game when he came in. The guy can be a, a solid, very solid, if everything goes well, a pretty good quarterback in this league. But, of course, he's inconsistent. And that's why he's a backup. But that being said, he proved that he can be a backup just fine in this league. Josh Johnson played great against Indy as well, coming up with the practice squad, a guy who's been around forever. So when you think about the fact that you have Zach Wilson, who's your, your stud, well, not, I mean, we'll get into really his performance, <laughs> I guess. I'm not going to call yeah. him a stud, but your number two overall pick, the guy you believe in, you have him on the roster, and you have two serviceable backups. You know, the, the trade for Joe Flacco makes absolutely zero sense. You know, there was talk of, hey, let's bring in a veteran to mentor Zach. Number one, Flacco has said in the past, and he said it again here when he got traded back to the Jets, that's not really what he wants to do. So I don't really understand why that's the guy you got for it. That was your goal. And the other thing was, if you wanted to bring in a, a veteran mentor, why did you wait until this point in the season? So all, all that being said, I don't understand the Joe Flacco trade. I think it's been proven to be the wrong trade, as you know, we've seen these other quarterbacks on the Jets play well in lieu of Wilson. So I, that doesn't make sense for me. But that being said, I can't change the fact that he was traded here. He's on the roster. And the simple the fact of the matter is, Mike White played an awful, awful game against Buffalo. He was great against Cincy. He was great in that little bit of against Indy. But this team, more than anything, and I get, look, they're not making the playoffs. You know, this is an evaluation year, which I, I hate that term, but that's what it is. <laughs> far too often for it's the far Jets. Far too often for the Jets, and that's part of the problem. So what this team really reads right now is a team that's had some really bad losses recently, a team that needs to pick me up. They need to go out there and they need to have a win. And frankly, even though I don't think the trade made sense, Joe Flacco, undeniably, of the quarterbacks who's healthy, because we have to believe that Zach Wilson still isn't ready to start yet. So, of the quarterbacks who are healthy on this roster, it's undeniable that Joe Flacco gives you the best chance to win on Sunday. And frankly, you know, I just I, I think it also gives you a good chance to evaluate some of your other playmakers. He'll get the ball in the hands of Elijah Moore, and he'll get the ball in Michael Carter's hands. You know, you want to see those rookie playmakers develop as well. I think that's important. And look, Mike White, could he still, maybe, you know, he could still have a good game, you know, whatever, but just that game against Buffalo is so tough to watch. And I understand they're an amazing defense, if not the best defense in the league. So a lot of the struggles can be chalked up to that. But he looked scared out there. He was skittish. Okay. He was just he was throwing things on a wing and a prayer. He had no idea where that ball was going. And now you're facing a Miami team, which, again, isn't that great, but they have a pretty decent defense as well. You saw what they did to Lamar Jackson. If that's what they can do to Lamar, imagine what they could do to Mike White. So <laughs> I'm not going to knock. I, I don't agree with the trade at all. I still think the trade made no sense, but I understand why they're starting Flacco. I mean, it is a good point, though. It's like, if you feel like Flacco can distribute the ball better. I mean, I don't... <laughs> Joe Flacco, I wouldn't call at this point, I mean, in his career... You wouldn't say he's elite? <laughs> no, no, I would not. I mean, that, that's to say the least. I don't know if he's even a serviceable backup. Maybe like Michael... I don't know how good he is. I don't know where he is at his career. He was, you know, sitting behind Jalen Hurts. He looks Hurts. depressed. I'll say that. You yeah. see him in these press conferences. I mean, I would be too if I got traded to the Jets. But he was also on the Eagles, so it's yeah, it not, not like he was like, on yeah. a contender. It's, it's just... So, I don't know what he's going to give you. 
I mean, look, I'm not in the Jets' practices, well, so we'll see what he's done. But, I mean, look, Mike White, Zach Wilson right now, both, when you look at the stats, have not been very good. Zach Wilson, I think you see the growing pains there. Four touchdowns, nine interceptions is just not good. I mean, it's not going to cut it. Mike Mike White, five touchdowns, eight interceptions, a little bit better, but nothing crazy. I mean, <laughs> a, quarter- a one-in-one one difference <laughs> in each category. Yeah, yeah, passer ratings isn't good either. I mean, they're both. Josh Johnson, statistically the best quarterback on this roster. Yeah, I mean, who's, got, who's got the, the also fleshed out LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn he does? Uh, yes, it's a, everything he has. It has like all Sh- his quarterbacks. Josh Johnson has a LinkedIn page. All right, yes. after this podcast is over, I will be requesting to follow. I hope he gives me the follow back. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's very detailed out too. It's I, like I, it's like XFL it. quarterback, Jets quarterback, has like some other jobs he's had. It's, it's pretty interesting. Is but he proficient in Microsoft Word? I don't know. I mean, the NFL is sponsored by Microsoft. Can so I give him an endorsement? On, like, on LinkedIn, you can do like endorsements yeah. where you can endorse someone. Can I endorse him for like public speaking or something? I think that'd be pretty funny. All right, but go ahead. Keep, keep talking. Yeah, so that hasn't been very good. But, you know, Josh Johnson, I mean, he may be the best Jets quarterback on the rock. I mean, I don't know. But the way he played against Indianapolis, I mean, it wasn't. Like, it was pretty good. I mean, and the offense was moving down the field. And the weapons, I think it's a fair point, though. You want to put the best quarterback out there so you can evaluate the guys around the quarterback because as much as you could say about Mike White, as much as you want to say about any of the other, any of these other quarterbacks besides Zach Wilson, they're not your future. He is. So he's not – you can't evaluate him. So at least evaluate the other pieces that you feel like could be a part of your future around him, like Michael Carter, you know, like a guy like Elijah Moore. And, you know, you can go about all the Jets – you know, receivers across the board. And that's something this offense, I mean, they've been moving the ball, not, you know, in games, it's sometimes it looks really fluid and sometimes it doesn't, which I mean, again, just shows this team's up and down. I mean, the defense is just dreadful. I mean, which I think a lot of people expected coming into the season, but I mean, 32nd, whatever way you want to put it, they're basically 32nd in, which obviously is not a good look. No. I mean, look, this defense is, Look, I've seen some bad Jets defenses over the years, and you know it's it's really hard to encapsulate all of them and kind of describe all the flaws. You know, it's funny growing up. This is a team that was, you know, me growing up. I mean, with the Jets, this was a team that was known for their defensive playmakers. I mean, when you think about those Rex years, you know, those teams that thrived on defense. Those are teams that carry them to you know the AFC Championship game, etc. So uh, it, it's really tough for me to watch this Jets defense struggle as much as they've have. They're just again. Salah talks a lot about, oh, we can't give up the big plays. Well, the thing is, you're getting cut to death a thousand times. You know, these little paper cuts, these little underneath routes. The Jets can't, you know, play defense against a slant for their life. I mean, (laughs) the simple fact is these teams, Salah talked about the fact that this is the best D-line he's ever coached, which I don't know if he was on drugs. I don't know what he was doing. I don't know if he has, like, memory loss. You did coach a, uh, one of the best D lines to a Super Bowl, uh, my friend. You know, so I don't, I don't get why. A very good defensive line and, too. You know, so <laughs> I, this D line, frankly, since the Tennessee game, has not shown up at all. No pressure on the quarterback. They can't stop the run. Can't stop a nosebleed, as Bart Scott, or as Bart <laughs> Scott would say. So it's just, it's so frustrating to me because, like, the thing is, like, the defense was one of the bright spots to start this season, and you know, the offense was struggling, and then. Look, the offense has not been good recently, but then the offense slowly started to turn around. You know, LaFleur went up in yeah. the booth. It, you know, they, they seem to be putting some points on the board. And then the defense, I just – that's really what's honestly more concerning to me, and I get the quarterback situation is a concern, and I get Zach Wilson is a concern, you know, right now. I will say, I think all none of the rookie quarterbacks – I mean, you want to say Mac Jones, fine, but I don't really think any of them have been that great. Um, but just for – it's a defensive-minded head coach, a defense that had played well to start the season. And, you know, for this team to surrender – 
40 plus points. I mean, th- this is the NFL people. This is not high school football. This is not college. This isn't, you know, uh, Nebraska playing Fordham. These are two teams in the National Football League. And the simple fact of the matter is, well, I mean, the Jets, what I'm saying is every week, are, it's two teams that are in the NFL. The Jets got killed way too much. The Jets, if they, I don't know what I'm saying. They may, the Jets maybe have a brain injury. Even a I team apologize. like the Lions, they don't get blown out every year. No, they usually they're, play they're, they're biting the off people's kneecaps. I mean, yeah. that's like another issue. But, yeah. you know, I just, I just, I would. I would say the best way to describe how I feel about the Jets is like I'm going through the stages of grief. Now, I don't want to undermine people who are actually obviously it's very serious. I don't want to undermine that at all. But the simple fact is like I, I feel it right now as we're having this conversation. I'm in denial. I'm bargaining. And I'm slowly working my way towards acceptance. You know, the Jets are one of those teams, and you know me, Andrew, so you know like how I feel about the Mets. I'm often yes. very negative about the Mets. Rightfully so, in my opinion. I'm actually yeah. wearing my feeble shirt right now. You can't <laughs> see it under my Shea Stadium sweatshirt. I got a lot of Mets gear on right now. But you know, it's, the Jets are always that team, and maybe it's just the nature of football. Maybe it's the fact that you have, you know, the any given Sunday mentality, as proven by the fact they beat two playoff contenders this year. You know, I always try to be more optimistic with the Jets. I always, I always get, even no matter how much they get killed, I always come back next Sunday, whether I'm at the stadium, sitting on my couch, whatever. Maybe we got a chance today. And they've, <laughs> they've shown me a couple of times. And, you know, maybe just because the season's so short in the NFL, it's only, you know, now it's 17 games. Maybe the, the the nature of the season makes me want to be more optimistic, whereas baseball, it's such a slog that it can really oh, get yes. you know, mentally draining. But the Jets are really, they're pushing me to my breaking point. They're really, and it pains me to say this, it really does, but I just, and look, I will be a Jet fan until the day I die. I, I bleed green and white. I would say of all the teams I root for, the Jets are probably my favorite. But I'm just getting to a point, and I was kind of at this point last year, where I'm just numb. Yeah. I just sit there and I say, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing with my life that I sit here on a Sunday? I could be doing work. I could be going for a walk. I could be giving back to the community. I don't know what I could be doing. I could be eating a, a nice sandwich. I could be doing anything but watching this atrocious football team. And I almost said a, a bad word there. I got to watch myself. But <laughs> it's it just, I just, don't get too worked I, up. I can't, I just can't do this anymore. I can't sit here and deal with this football team every week. Sorry, I just I can't do it. So I, Mike, I, I want to ask you one more question before we move over to the Giants. This week against the Dolphins, oh! <laughs> battle for third in in the AFC East, stop, I believe. Stop, stop. <laughs> Does the do, do the Jets finish last in the AFC East? Oh year? yeah, they'll finish last. Okay, so you, you think the Dolphins could turn the Dolphins, it around? The Dolphins and Jets are both really bad. The simple fact of the matter is, though, even though I think Brian Flores is proving to be not a very good head coach, um, I still trust his coaching staff more than the Jets. And when you think about the fact that the Dolphins and Jets are going to play each other twice this season, obviously, as they do every year, you know, those games will probably make a difference in where they finish. But at the end of the day, third, fourth, what does it matter? It's just another year in my life where the New York Jets had a meaningless season, where they were awful, where they were putrid, where they wasted my time, where they wasted my father's time, where they wasted my grandfather's time, where they wasted everyone in New Jersey's time, where they wasted everyone in Long Island's time, where they wasted everyone in Queens' time, (laughs) where they wasted everyone in New York's time because this team sucks! I can't! Take it anymore. So yeah, sorry. It's it's not too good. Stick around for our for our Dolphins just prediction though coming up later. But I do want to move over to, to to the other team in the Meadowlands, the New York Giants, and this team. I think they're a little bit more in the up and up than the Jets. But look, this team is in purgatory kind of right now. I mean, they sit in third, tie for third in the NFC East, three and six, not looking too good. They're coming off their bye and they've won two out of three. And this team, though, now, you know, you play better football and your big prize is to play the defending Super Bowl champions in Tampa Bay to go up against the Bucs. And 
because of this seventh, you know, spot in the wild card, which don't get me started on that, but you know, we're, we're letting going to have sub 500, 500 type teams being in. They're kind of still in it. They're only one and a half games out. A lot of teams are ahead of the, ahead of them, but they're technically only one and a half games out of the wild card. Saquon should be coming back here. And, you know, you're going to have Galladay, who's been back these last few weeks. Kadarius Tony, who, to me, is just the most fun player to watch on this Giants team. But right now, I just feel like the Giants are playing better football, which is great to see. The defense is playing better. Leonard Williams is playing better, who got that big contract. So that's really good right now. The big thing out of, you know, the, the Meadowlands right now, and what they're kind of dealing with a COVID situation, and it looks like Logan Ryan tested positive. But that's kind of a fluid situation. So he would be a big piece to miss, especially in a game against Tampa Bay, but we're going to bring in our fantasy expert and then also uh, here to talk a little bit about the Giants, Miles Grossman here. And Miles, this Giants team, you know, again, they're kind of a team, they beat some, you know, good teams. They beat the Saints, beat the Raiders, beat another playoff team against the Panthers. This up and down team, a little inconsistent, but what's kind of your thoughts about this team now coming out of the bye week? Absolutely. There's a lot to say about this Giants team. To me, the problem with this Giants team lies within the offense, and the problem with this offense lies within Jason Garrett to me. At the beginning of the year, I was someone who said, this is a make-or-break year for Daniel Jones. Obviously, I was quick to dismiss him after his uh, rookie year where he led the league in turnovers. I thought that it made no sense picking him out of Duke. He wasn't someone who proved himself as a quarterback who could win football games even at Duke. He was someone who showed flashes of great talent at Duke, but never was able to to take Duke to that next level. I was confused from the beginning when they drafted him, so I was quick to dismiss, but now I'm ready to say that I was wrong about Daniel Jones. I think he has real NFL talent, and I think he hasn't been given a great chance by the offensive line and by Jason Garrett. We know how talented the pieces around Daniel Jones are between Galladay, John Ross, and in particular, like you mentioned, Tony. Tony is one he's of the so most... He's so fun to watch. He's so explosive, so watch, right? Man. He's one of those guys, you see him on the field, it's like he's faster than everybody else. He has a certain explosiveness that is super rare in the NFL, and it's frustrating to see him not get the touches last week. I believe one target in his most recent week. I feel like the only possible excuse is that he may be battling an injury. They're using him as a bit of a decoy. They don't want to be as upfront about that as they could be. But to me, it's Jason Garrett's responsibility to get the ball in Tony's hands. Now, obviously, with Galladay back, the weapons are there. But to me, I think Jason Garrett is someone who's been dodging responsibility for a couple years now. I think, I, I don't know if I'm getting in fraud territory, but to me, <laughs> Jason Garrett is, being, is a bit of a fraud. I'm confused about how he's dodged responsibility so long. Uh, yeah, I mean, wow, that's a lot to take. Yeah. We, yeah. We, uh, we, uh, we, is this what it sounds like when I'm yelling all the time? Nah, it's definitely not. <laughs> I'm definitely a lot worse. That's definitely not true. But, uh, look, the Giants, you know, this is the problem with the Jets being so bad is that it, like, makes me, like, numb to the rest of football. It's like, I don't even really want to watch anything. I just want to, like, can I, can I put on a movie or, like, can I watch something else, the Knicks or something, which are another disaster. But, you know, I just... I don't know. The Giants, and I've said this all season long, and this is how I kind of feel. Well, first off, let me touch on this. You know, I, I want to get to your point about the wild card, Andrew, and then I also want to get to the point about the about Jason Garrett. In terms of the wild card, I mean, look, obviously expand the playoff format. Can they get a wild card if things break their way? Of course. But, like, here, here's a little factoid for you. So the Giants this week will be playing a primetime game, Monday Night Football, and, you know, Daniel Jones has actually never won. Wait, has he never won? Yeah. 
a primetime game? Yeah. Well, last year, this is what this is what make it this this will I can't remember this, last year when they opened the season on Monday night against the Steelers. They lost that. They game, They lost. Right? Yes. Yeah. So that was the one game I wasn't sure lost about. Lost by eight. I think. So thank you. So I saw it on Twitter. Nah, it's, that's the one thing I had to confirm. So appreciate Andrew. This is this is why we're <laughs> co-hosts. This is why we help each other out. Yeah. Saw it on Twitter. Daniel Jones has never won a primetime game. He has never won a game where the majority of the country is watching. He's ne- so the simple fact of the matter is, and also playing the Bucks. So you think he's going to win this game? The <laughs> trends hold up. No, I'm actually, if I'm not mistaken, Daniel Jones actually, and this was part of the tweet, and I wish I had the tweet in front of me. So my apologies for not having it. But I'm also, if I'm not mistaken, and someone can fact check this or whatever, he's never won a game that started past the one o'clock window. He's only won <laughs> one o'clock window games. He's never won a game that was in the 4:25 window. So never a Thursday night game, never a Sunday night game, never a Monday night game, never a game that started past one o'clock on a Sunday. Really? Which is yeah. Which is again, this was some tweet. I had to fact check this. That's so hard to believe. It really isn't when you consider the Giants and Daniel Jones how bad they've <laughs> I mean, been. Over he's the only. Years. I mean, six he's been wins in league for last three year. years. Yeah, I mean. I mean, whatever. Right. So yeah. anyway, he's had plenty. Of, basically, he's had plenty of opportunities to win a big game. No, no, you're right. No, great. So this I is mean, a tough. This is a tough matchup for him. And though. you're playing the Bucks, who you know, frankly, are coming off a tough, you know, previous performance. They're going to be wanting to look to bounce back. You know, they obviously have some headaches off the field now. AB and his fake, you know, vaccine cards. So I'm sure they're going to want to shut up people about that. So I don't know. I, I just don't really see the Giants pulling this one out. As far as Jason Garrett. The, the whole thing about Tony not getting enough targets, like, yeah, you want to get your playmakers involved. I just think that the Giants overall, I think Joe Judge has proven, you know, he's making up Fugazi headset issues, and he's, like, talking about submarines, and <laughs> I, I don't know what this guy's problem is. He, he's another one of those Belichick assistant coaches who thinks he's Bill, but he's not, and it's just, he has, it's just, he's a clown. He's a clown. As Mike Francis, as Mike Francis would say, you're a clown, okay? Come on. <laughs> it's just like, I just, I just, I don't, I, I just, the Giants are just such a, Whereas the Jets are like at a rock bottom, where it's like so much negativity, where you can like really like get angry. Mm-hmm. The Giants are like this blah team. It's like a piece of toast. It's like oh, all right, <laughs> well, I mean, okay. to me, the Giants they lose a ton of close games too, and which yeah, you, you can put right. on the coach and you know whatever you want to put that on quarterback, offensive coordinator, play calling. You know they do lose just a ton of close games, and they've they've got blown out. They've gotten blown out this year by like the Rams, and that's you know at home definitely not a good loss. But when you just look at the games that they've won. They've won. Th- they've beat three playoff teams. Believe it or not. I mean, yeah. who would have thought? And then all their losses against, I think, non-playoff teams are very close. Not all their, but like majority of their losses have been against non-playoff teams, which is kind of interesting to see how that kind of played out. And I just feel like this team—you don't know what you're going to get out of every week. They won a really great game against the Raiders, who are a good team, and you know they were able to kind of you know make the plays down the stretch and. You know, Miles, as you said, I think Jason Garrett, the one thing he doesn't do with Kadarius Tony, he gives him the ball in the most obvious situations. It's like Ooh. first down and 10, and it's yeah. Tony, a lot of window dressing, and they'll just throw a screen to him. Yeah. It's just, I mean, look, I think this week he may be in for a big week playing from the slot because it seems like Sterling Shepard isn't going to play. So maybe that could be an area where, you know, he's coming back now, Tony, as you said, the injury, he's going to be kind of fully healthy. So I think that could be an area where the Giants have success. The Buccaneers secondary is a mess right now. And, you know, I think I think this game, look, you talk about Daniel Jones in primetime. It hasn't been good. I think he's played fine this year. Has it oh, been he a hasn't ma- been the issue this year. No, Don't he's not. Wrong. I mean, he you know, it. you could talk about whatever you want. He's not been the issue. He's actually surprised me. I thought he was not well, as good as he Well, last year, was. it was definitely a sophomore slump for him. And I think, you know, he had a – I said it coming into the season. I, I may have even said it with you, Andrew. I definitely said it with Messina. You know, to me – 
this was a make or break year for basically every. I, I, I wasn't really going to say Joe Judge, and that being said, I think he's kind of breaking himself as we go along. I think along it kind of is though because it is now. If but, you fire the GM, no, no, you know, no, I get it, wanna... and, I, and I've said this a thousand times, I, and I'm so sorry for to keep saying this to people, but I can't help but say it. But it always reminds me of the John <laughs> and Dick Rex Ryan situation <laughs> yeah. where they fired Tannenbaum, but then made the next GM keep Rex, and it just set the organization back, which is what you don't want to happen with the Giants because you fire Gettleman, and then you're sticking your next GM with the same coach because again. You know, do you really want to fire a, get another head coach in such a short period of time? It seems like the Giants have been going through a lot of them recently. So, I don't know. But, again, Daniel Jones on the hot seat this year, you know, third year, coming off somewhat of a down year last year. You know, this isn't a huge quarterback draft, so it wasn't like, oh, there's this can't-miss prospect. But, yeah. you know, look, I think he's done a decent job shutting up the haters. You know, the question is, I don't know. I think what a lot of – I think what a lot – I think the big question is if – I, I, I didn't think Joe Judge had the possibility of being fired this year, but if this team, and they're on the upswing now, but let's say this team finishes really poorly and finishes towards the bottom. If there's a possibility that Joe Judge can get let go, because I think he's provided reasons for doing that, he makes very questionable, excuse me, in-game decisions. You know, does the next regime, even though I think Daniel Jones has been fine, are they going to want to keep him? Mm-hmm. It's, I, again, you're going to give your GM the, the, the chance to do that. And, you you know, I don't think Daniel Jones is this, like, once-in-a-generational quarterback. So if you want to let him go and there's a GM that, you know, you can get Russell Wilson or you can get a big quarterback in the draft that you love, I'd say go for it. But when you look at, I think, the options in the NFL, you know, unless you have that premier option on the board, I think Jones, you can win with Jones. I don't think he may be not the reason you win, but I think you can win with him. And, you know, this Giants team, to me, and I think this falls a lot on the GM. They're just built to me in the wrong way. Their their lines are just poor, whatever you want to put about it. Mm-hmm. You know, the offensive line is not good at all. And Jason Garrett, to his credit, he's done a good job at rolling Daniel Jones out and at least kind of keeping him mobile, and I think that's huge. But, I mean, you know, the offensive line, it's so hard to have sustained drives when this offensive line is just not good. And, you know, with the defensive line, Leonard Williams has played better they just have a lot of young guys, and we'll see how they pan out. But, you know, when you give money to guys like Adoree Jackson and you're giving your monies to the secondary and linebacking group, I w- if it was me, I would put it towards the defensive offensive lines. That's where teams usually have the most success, and that's why I think the Giants are so inconsistent. It does seem that the Giants are all over the place from a strategic point of view. It seems that every every move does is not seen through. Yeah. But to be honest, I'm going to give the Giants a little bit more of an opportunity on this Monday night game than than you guys are. Obviously, we, like you mentioned, the Bucks are in absolute disarray in the secondary. It's they bad. gave up 29 yeah. to Washington last week, and the week before that, they gave up 36 to Trevor the Simeon, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I mean, those are relatively unimpressive offenses that both got 29 and 36 against the Buccaneers. Given both those games were on the road, obviously this game will be in Tampa Bay going to be a little bit more of a challenge there for the Giants but still I think that with Andrew Thomas coming back obviously he missed week five and then he had to exit week six against the Rams he's coming back he's back off the IR Barkley has a possibility of coming back I'm not sure how many snaps he'll realistically get but Galladay's back I think that given how bad the Bucks have been in the past couple weeks the Giants have a bit of an opportunity to grab one and also, the Giants do play well against Tom Brady. I will say that. But, again, <laughs> I think the Bucks are a very, very good team. I don't see them losing three in a row, which I guess maybe. Fair enough. Fair you know, enough. I think this team is still legit, and I think they're a very good team. Tom Brady, I don't know how many times he's ever lost three yeah, in a row that's true. in his career. Which, That'd be a good stat. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But I, I think that will wrap up our Giants talk. We'll, we'll do our full preview of that game and picks of that game later in our game pick segment. But, Miles, I, I want to shift it over to you and talk a little about fantasy football. So we'll start off with two stardoms. Who who do you, who are you starting this week in fantasy? 
I'm going to start off with a relatively obvious one to me, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb, obviously Kareem Hunt out this week. Nick Chubb was out last week dealing with some COVID protocols, but I think Nick Chubb could genuinely have a great week coming off of his COVID break, well-rested, as we know, Nick Chubb, that power-back style, hard to take down at home against the 0-8 or 0-8-1 Detroit Lions. Excuse me. Got to give them a little more credit than that. But they are still winless, and I think Nick Chubb tears them apart, honestly. Yeah, it's it's definitely I, – I think, you know, when you look at this Lions team and, you know, Nick Chubb's such a good running back, and you think Cleveland's also going to get on their right foot. So I, I think he'd mm-hmm. be definitely, I think, a, a, a good start for sure. Absolutely. And then my second one, I'm going to go actually with a bit of a bolder call here. In my quarterback situation, this is my number two. I have Tom Brady starting. But Jalen Hurts is someone who I expect okay. to have a good week. Obviously, he didn't have too impressive – of a fantasy performance last week. This week, you know, I love starting mobile quarterbacks, right? Because they provide so much possibilities for the Jalen Hurts is so athletic. He could always get you that two-point play when you really need it, just that 20-yard run breaking out of the pocket. So I'm going to go Jalen Hurts for the Eagles at home against the Saints to have a bounce-back game after a relatively unimpressive game this past week uh, at home against Denver. Uh, I mean, look, as, as a Saints fan, I'm not going to say I love the call, but he did gas the Saints last year. He had a uh, great game against them in his first career start. I think he had over 100 yards in that game, and I believe you know a few touchdowns. It was actually the Saints haven't given up before that game like an 100-yard rusher in like a billion games. It was like since 2017, I want to say, or 2016. And then the Eagles in that game had two. They had Miles Sanders and, and Jalen Hurts. Wow. Miles Sanders. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I for my for my sitems on the other hand, I'm not sure uh, if this is you know sticking with the New York Giants theme a little bit. The, uh, I'm gonna say sit the entire New York Giants Whoa. backfield. If it that's were fair me. enough, uh, fair enough, because you have you have Booker obviously who's had a, a solid few weeks and you just don't know how many snaps Saquon is going to get in combination yep. with Booker. I would say play it safe. Lay off of the entire New York Giants backfield. I, I completely oh. agree. The Bucks are a very, very good front with those guys, with Sue and Vita Vea, and then their ends with Shaq Barrett and JPP. They're, they are a scary front, and their linebackers are just top-notch with Levante David and then Devin White. I mean, that front seven is so, so good. Absolutely. And then, I guess, sticking with me, my sleeper pick this week to get the start is going to be Darnell Mooney Ooh, of the Chicago okay. Bears. Right. To me... I don't even know if you could call him a sleeper at this point. Coming off a real breakout performance last week, he proved that he has a great connection with Fields. I think that they continue that at home against this Baltimore team. Baltimore, obviously, coming off a super shaky performance. To me, uh, Miami is an offense that's super non-intimidating, to be honest. I don't think (laughs) Tua is someone that that, that scares me. And given that Tua kind of tore apart this this Baltimore defense, I think that, you know— Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney might have a field day at home, so I'm looking forward to that. And I just want to ask you one question because I have Matt Stafford on bye right mm-hmm. now, and you just talked about Tua Tagovailoa, and I'm between him and Ryan Tannehill. What's your what's your thoughts? Interesting. Thought? No, that's a good one. To me, I'm going with Tannehill just okay. because you have the more reliable weapons on the Tennessee offense. Obviously, you know you you have the the uh, Julio and the AJ Browns of the world to help you out and. 
to me, Tua Tagovailoa is probably one of the more inconsistent, unreliable yeah. quarterbacks in the NFL. Bad. Yeah, he's, he's but bad. he's playing the Jets. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But he's playing that's the Jets. That's, that, that, that's why yeah. I was considering yeah. him. So it's going to be, you know, I, I, I am leaning towards Sandhill. The, so the Dolphins, <laughs> the Dolphins. Uh, I don't remember what the stat is, but they haven't scored. It's either definitely not 40, but they might not even have scored 30 points in a game this year. If really? Dol- yeah, I, I, I could be wrong. It's definitely They have definitely not scored above 40. So if the Jets somehow allow – Let's say 35, 40 points to the Dolphins. I mean, you, you might as well just fire the whole defensive coaching staff. <laughs> you, you're probably going to come back on here next week screaming again. There, there's, an inf- there's an infamous clip from NFL Films. Uh, shout out NFL Network, you know, a lot of great programming. And it, like an NFL top 10. It was like top 10 NFL rivalries. And it was Jets-Dolphins, which of course is not what it was. Like Jets-Dolphins yeah. in the early 2000s, or really the 80s was like in the 70s, which is huge. But there's this famous clip of some Jet fan, some very classic Jet fan, wearing a hat, a trucker Jets hat, no shirt on, and he just goes to the camera, squish the fish. <laughs> and let's hope the Jets can do that this week. <laughs> Thanks, Miles. As always, fantasy segment, uh, always a ton of fun. But now I definitely want to get to our game picks here and we in week 11. And right now, first game here on the docket, it's Indianapolis. And Buffalo, Indianapolis will be traveling up to Orchard Park. So, Mike, who do you got in this go- this one? Uh, yeah, give me Buffalo. I mean, look, they just steamrolled the Jets last week. I think they got a lot of good positive momentum. I also have Josh Allen on my fantasy team. So, of course, I got to hope for a good Buffalo game to, uh, on Sunday. Excuse yeah. me. It's at Orchard Park. I don't think Indianapolis is very good. Give me Buffalo. I'm going to go with Buffalo as well. I think that, obviously, I think that, the most shocking game of the year this NFL season was the Jaguars beating them at home nine to six. These Bills, yeah. um, that's a true. Uh, I, I can't say like I, I have absolutely no justification for why the, <laughs> the Bills played like that against the Jaguars. But obviously they got back on track. Back back on track against a pretty bad Jets team. I think they do continue that at home against the Colts. No, I definitely agree with you guys for the reasons you guys said. I think Josh Allen has a big game. Buffalo and Buffalo. I mean, you feel like you got to take them, and their defense playing really solid as well. So I'll take Buffalo. Next game on the docket, Baltimore is going to be traveling up to Chicago. Miles, start with you. Who do you got in this one? I'm going to go with Baltimore, but I think it's going to be closer than most people think. Like I said, Mooney and Fields have a great connection. I think that Baltimore is going to have a lot of trouble stopping the dual threat of Fields. I'm going to go Baltimore in a close one. Yeah, give me Baltimore too. I just think that they're the better team in this game. You know, I, look, Justin Fields has improved. I definitely. You know, what we've seen with him is kind of what I want to see with Zach Wilson. Yeah. Of course, he can't because Zach's been hurt. So, I don't know. This could be a close one, but, I mean, just Baltimore's just by far the better team. I mean, they had that ugly game against Miami. I think they're going to want to come out and prove that that wasn't them. So, yeah, give me Baltimore. No, I definitely agree. I think Baltimore bounces back. They're able to grind it out. But, Miles, as you said, I think it could be a close game just because Baltimore, they just feel like that grinded out team. Yes, you could be showboaty with Lamar Jackson, and sometimes games get like that. But, to me, I think they go to their bread and butter, run the ball well, and get this win on the road. Next game here, the winless Detroit Lions. I mean, I'm really pulling for Dan Campbell in this one against the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. I just don't think they're able to get it done. I think Cleveland, better team, and they're going to come out with the win. I'm going to go Cleveland as well. I just think that, yeah, they're obviously the better team. Nick Chubb's going to steamroll this Detroit defense. I just think that, uh, you know, as a bit of a hot take at this point, I don't think Detroit goes winless this year. But I don't think they get one here, that being said. (laughs) Well, I mean, look, they're not – I mean, they at least have a tie now. I mean, they have that. I mean, uh, give me Cleveland again. I just – when it comes to these picks, you always just kind of got to go with the better team. I mean, oftentimes – we get a surprise. We get an upset. So, I mean, who knows what's going to happen? I, yep. I, I, I want to see Detroit win. You know, a lot of the time it's like, 
I kind of root for like, oh, hey, as long as the Lions are out there, the Jets don't look as bad. But, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think Dan Campbell, even though he's a psycho, I think like the players really like him. I, I feel, love I Dan feel Campbell. for him. He wears his emotions on his sleeve, which anyone who listens to this podcast so far knows that I do the same. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm rooting for him, but I just can't see them winning this game, at least off the bat. So give me Cleveland. Yeah, fun fact, it looks like Tim Boyle is going to start this game for the Lions instead of Jared Goff. And Tim Boyle went to the same high school as my roommate. So that's oh, hold a- up, hold <laughs> up. I, I don't want to cut us off here, but this might impact our picks. Breaking news, Amari Cooper on the COVID-19 list for oh, the Cowboys. Gotcha. I don't know if that impacts anyone's decision later on. But yeah, we'll, we, yeah, yeah, we'll get into that. And that's going to be a great game between Dallas and, and KC. KC looks like they're going to be right in the ship a little bit. But want to keep moving here down the 1 o'clock slate here. Houston in a AFC South matchups traveling to Tennessee. Michael, start for you in this one. Yeah, give me Tennessee. Again, uh, I don't mean to be a broken record here, but they're just <laughs> yeah. a better football team. Exactly, I mean, yes. The Texans are just not good. They're a very poor you know, unit, program, whatever you want to say. I don't want to say team again because that's repetitive. Um, yeah, I, I think Ryan Tannehill. I mean, look, obviously not having Derrick Henry anymore is, is a game is a, is a game changer. It's a killer for them. Adrian Peterson. I mean, he had a touchdown in his debut against the Rams. So I mean, look, you can hope that maybe he can do a little bit out of the backfield. I don't really know. Still got Julio Jones. Still have AJ Brown. Who again? Also, I want to say props to AJ Brown. He recently came out talked about like some tough mental health issues that he was struggling mm-hmm. with, suicidal thoughts. So really big props to him for going out there and. Spreading the word because it's obviously really powerful stuff, but um, that, I digress. Yeah, but in terms of the football itself, give me Tennessee, better football team. I agree with you. I think, you know, obviously the Texans were able to hold Miami to only 17 last week, but I think that's more a credit to how bad Miami was versus <laughs> how good this Texans defense really is. I think uh, Titans at home, they have a lot of offensive weapons. I, I, I don't see how they, the Texans, keep this one close. Yeah, I think Tennessee is able to steamroll over the Texans. Tennessee right now, sneakily the one seed right now in the AFC, so that'll be interesting to watch out for down the stretch as well. Next game, another divisional matchup. Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers will be traveling to Minnesota to take on the Vikings there. I think this is going to be a very, very good game. I, I think Green Bay is going to be able to pull it out here in this one. They know how to win ugly. They know how to win, you know, flashy with Rodgers and Devontae Adams. But I, I think they're going to be able to get it done. But I think this will be close. Those two teams always play hard against each other. Miles, what do you think? Absolutely. I, I see a close one as well. I think the Packers win as well. I hate to keep agreeing with you guys, but it's, <laughs> it's the case. I mean, you, you have the, the Vikings at home. It, it can be a tough place to play at times, especially within that division. But Packers coming off that 17-0 win at home. I think that the you know they got past the Aaron Rodgers COVID controversy a yep. little bit easier than I expected. We'll see if that plays you know that COVID controversy plays a plays a role at all this week. But I do think the Packers are able to take this one on the road. Yeah, I'm also taking the Packers. Look, I don't like to always agree with everyone, but hey, I just I can't be contrarian right now. It's just, just yeah. these are just the obvious picks. I mean, exactly. Green Bay is arguably like the class of the NFC this year. I think. I mean, maybe Arizona, but they're definitely up there, especially when Rodgers is a quarterback. Odell, Odell, I'm sure you probably wish you were in Green Bay right now, but <laughs> you're not. So, but that's that's another point. But yeah, Green Bay, Minnesota, classic rivalry game, but. I just had to go with the Packers here. Uh, just again, I, I I keep saying it, but like I'm sorry, this is how people make picks. They're just a better team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, and I, I think that's with a lot of division matchups right now, but a lot of them are lopsided. This one we talked about a lot: Miami and the Jets here in the Meadowlands. Mike, you'll be there. Who you got in this one? Well, man, this is this is difficult. So I, I actually said this last week on NFL Friday. The two times the New York Jets have won games this season, I was not on NFL Friday that week. The the Friday before. <laughs> course i am here this week so what does that tell you uh you know 
I've tried everything when I do picks. I try to abstain from picks. I try to reverse mush them. I try to just do positive <laughs> manifestation, and none of it ever works. I said this joke last week, but I have to keep saying it. Um, so, look, I'm just so numb, like I said before. I just I can't with this team anymore. So, even though I want to pick the Jets and I want to be positive, I just have to be what's like going to happen. And I will happily be wrong. I would love to be wrong, but give me Miami. I just can't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jet fans. I'm going to go against you for the first time today, Ooh, right, I believe. Finally, I'm taking Miami. I think uh, – excuse me. I'm taking the Jets. I think that, um, you know, obviously this is Joe Flacco's season debut for the New York Jets. And I think that, like you said earlier, he's going to – he's a veteran who can get the ball to the weapons at hand. I think Michael Carter has a has a great game against Miami. I think it's a low-scoring game, two pretty abysmal <laughs> offenses if we're being real. And I think the Jets win a low-scoring tight one at home. I'm taking it's the Dolphins on this one. I just, I, I, I think ugly for sure. Dude, Low scoring, I don't know. I don't want to cut anyone off, but there's no way the Jets, after giving, even yeah. in the win against Cincy, they gave up 30 points. There is no way that they hold Miami to like under 20. There's I think Miami no gets, way that is happening. Yeah, I think Miami gets gets the win here. I think they're a better team, and I think I agree with you. I think Brian Flores, I mean, you could talk about whatever you want with him, but I think he is, you know, that coach. If you're just going to compare the two coaches in this game, Flores is the better coach. Yeah, and I. I think the talent too, especially. Oh yeah, with, you know, I think too. the Dolphins are the better team, and I Look, think. Is there, I think there's team. a. I, don't, I know we have other picks, but is there a possibility the Jets can win? Of course, but I just, you know, I just, yeah. I don't know. No, yeah, for sure. And now moving on here, this the, the, this game has a lot very close to my heart. Saints traveling to Philadelphia for me as a Saints fan almost feels like a must win for this <laughs> team. Four and five, uh, five and four, I should say. But this game traveling to Philly, especially with the next two, you have Buffalo in New Orleans on Thanksgiving, and then the Saints followed up with another Thursday night game against the Cowboys. So this one almost feels like a must-win game to get you to 6-4, and four, but uh, in, until that dock of just really tough games uh, against two playoff teams. So I, I think the Saints are going to win this one. I think they'll run the ball well. They've been ravaged with injuries, and, you know, the, the, the Saints team, is just, it's been a roller coaster ride. You beat the Bucks, and then you lose two really tough games in a row. But I think they're going to be able to get this win behind a great defense, and I think they'll be able to run the ball enough. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, uh, I'm sorry to do it to Andrew. I don't want to do it to you. I think on paper the Saints are the better team, but the Eagles had the better quarterback. I mean, look, I I had the Trevor Simeon experience once for, like, a game. He's actually played well. Not, yeah, uh, look, I, I mean, wanna... I'm not going to knock. I mean, he's who he is. You know, they are who we thought they were, and we let them all go. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I just think the Eagles, I mean, look, don't think either team is any good, but, hey, I don't know. Why not? Go with the other green and white team. Give me Philly. <laughs> I agree with you. I'm going to take Philly, too, and I think a big part of the reason why is that the Titans took the game at home 23-21, and then the Saints lost another heartbreaker at home 27-25 to the Falcons. I think it's to to lose two heartbreakers like that, after those two games, you feel like you've been playing for four hours, and you might as well have just gotten whooped 40-0, bring in the bring in the uh, the backups for all that's worth. It's so demoralizing to lose two two-point games in back-to-back weeks. I think the Eagles are, are able to take some momentum, continue the, the, the Saints' poor play. I think uh, Jalen Hurts has, has quite the day uh, on the field and through the air. I'm going to go Eagles. Uh, I mean, I, I, th- I think it'll be a good game, though, and I, I, I think that one for the Saints is going to be a big barometer for them going forward. But next game, another NFC South team playing against another NFC East team, Washington football team traveling to Carolina. Cam Newton getting the start here against Washington football team. Ron Rivera, obviously their head coach. He was Cam Newton's old coach. A lot of storylines into this one. Miles, what are you thinking? I love the return of Cam Newton. It's generally my favorite storyline of this NFL season, and I think that that's 
purely the the reason I'm taking the Panthers here. I think that it's just it's such a great reunion of obviously Rivera has had has had quite the couple years battling cancer. Now Cam Newton leaves, comes back. I love that duo back in Carolina. I think they continue their momentum. They take this one at home. He's back. <laughs> Cam Newton starting this week for the Washington football team. I mean, look, he ran a couple goal line you know packages last week. Washington, look, they've been disappointing this year. I, I thought that they, I thought Ron Rivera did a good job with them last year. I, I just don't really see it from them this year. Props to Taylor Heineke. I think he's, he's like what Jet fans wish Mike White like really was, but isn't. Um, so yeah, but I think Carolina. I don't think again. This is just a case of two teams that I don't think are great. But Carolina. I mean, look, you see Cam. The guy is. He has yet to. I mean, obviously he was with the Panthers forever, but this is a completely different team. This is his first start. He's been in, back with the team for like a week now or two. Yeah. And the team is already rallying around him. He is. He's more of a leader than Sam Darnold was, who was the captain going into the season. So, yeah, I think the team. I think the team already loves him. He knows. You know, he knows the the organization. Uh, I'll be interested to see what happens on Sunday. But give me Carolina. I think River Riverboat Ron's going to get this one and beat his old quarterback. To me, I just don't think Cam Newton. I mean, look, I don't know what we're going to get out of him. He's been through a lot, lot of adversity. I just think that this Panthers team in general isn't very good. I think they're an up-and-down team, and I don't think they're a playoff team, and I think they're going to come back and they're going to lose a game. Washington football team coming off a huge win against the Bucks. I think they'll keep the good times rolling and get that win. Moving on here, San Francisco going to be traveling to Jacksonville here. And, I, again, I think this is one of those games you'll take San Francisco. Jacksonville, just to me, not a very good football team, so I'll take San Francisco. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, just what you said. San Francisco's a better team. I, I, yeah. hate, I hate having to keep saying this, but like I don't I don't understand what in, in-depth analysis I'm really supposed yeah, to Yeah, exactly. Other than the fact that the Jaguars are really bad and the, tit- this, the Titans. The 49ers are less bad. So, yes, yeah, give, very give me, true. Give me San Francisco. I'm going to go with San Francisco as well. I think the Jaguars have showed some improvement. I'm excited about Trevor Lawrence's future with this organization. Obviously, they beat the Bills at home. That was crazy exciting, but San Francisco wins the game. To be honest, my one takeaway fantasy-wise is that Kittle is going to have an absolutely fantastic performance mm. in Jacksonville. All right. Okay, I could definitely see you're the that. Fan, you're the fantasy expert. Yeah, yeah, you're the fantasy expert. And now we're going to get into some of the better games. So I definitely want to get into these now. Cincinnati traveling to Las Vegas to play the Raiders. Miles, what do you think about this one? I'm going to go Cincinnati because I think that the – I honestly don't think that the Raiders will win many more games the rest of the way coming off the rug situation. I think that that is – you really can't underestimate how that affects a locker room when you have a young guy like that obviously make that egregious of an error. I don't, I don't understand how, I mean, nothing could take the air out of the locker room more than that. I think that that was really exemplified uh, last week against the Chiefs. And I think that, you know, the, the combination of Chase and Burrow is very exciting for Cincinnati. And I think they take this one. Yeah, the uh, autumn wind is a pirate, and the Cincinnati Bungles are <laughs> the Cincinnati Bungles. No, I don't know. It's just, like Cincinnati, I, I'll be honest. You know, obviously a very strong start to the season for them, but of course then they go out, they lose to the Browns, they they get you know you know very surprised, upset with the Jets. You know, I don't really know what to expect from them going forward. I think the Raiders are. Look, they started off very strong, and then you mentioned obviously some of the first of all the, the tragedy, and it's yeah. a tragedy because of the woman who lost exactly. her life. Yeah. Uh, you know, rugs who just made one of the just. I don't want to call it a mistake because that feels like too light of a term to say. Mm-hmm. Just a terrible, terrible decision, and he'll deal with the consequences. But then you have that. Then you have, you know, the John Gruden situation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think this team's going through a lot. You know, I think Derek Carr is probably a big vocal leader for that team, which I think helps. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't, I'm not really sure. But that being said, I, I just I, just going off a of gut here, I think the Raiders, I think they pulled this one out. I just think Cincy, 
they've shown a lot of progress this year, but I don't really know what I expect to what I expect to see from them going forward. So give me the Raiders. Cincinnati, they've been up and down all season. You see the highest of highs and the lowest of lows mm-hmm. for for this team right now. And I just I feel like they're going to go back up and hit another high. I think they'll win this game. I love Joe Burrow, and I love what he's able to do with Jamar Chase. I have Jamar Chase on my fantasy team, mm, so that's a always fun combo. So always, I. I also have Jamar Chase. Yeah, <laughs> always rooting for him, and I just think that uh, you know he's going to be able, you know, they're going to be able to help this team towards a victory. And the Raiders are just a very, to me, just an average type team. I think they do, you know, I feel like every year that's kind of what they've been. Mm-hmm. And just with all of the stuff that they've been through this year, it's just feel like one of the wheels going to fall off. They lose to the Giants and a really tough game for them, a winnable game you felt like that was. So I'll, I'll take Cincinnati here in this one. Moving over to a huge one. We just talked about how Amari Cooper is on or could be on the COVID list. Is that official? Yeah, yeah I think I'll have to – let me pull it back down the notification. Yeah, yeah, he will miss at least Sunday's okay. game. Yeah, so so, so Mari Cooper will not play in this matchup of heavyweights. Dallas traveling to Kansas City. This is going to be a, a great one, Mike. Who do you got? Yeah, give me the Cowboys, America's team. Okay. I mean, look, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. I don't care for the Giants, so I, I tend to not really despise the Cowboys as much as the average American. <laughs> you know, I uh, and the thing with the Chiefs is, man, I, they have just been the biggest enigma to me this year. I know they had a big game last week against the Raiders. Everyone's like, the, you know, they're back. This is this is the the, the Chiefs team we, we thought we were going to see. I still do not trust that defense at all. Yeah. You know, the Dallas' offense, say what you will about McCarthy, say, well, say what you will about their defense. I think Dallas' offense is still pretty top-notch. I don't know. It's just, again, I, I need to see Kansas City start to put a few together before I can finally say this is the Chiefs team we thought we were going to see. Dallas, on the other hand, I think they still pretty much have the division locked up for the most part. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, I don't know. Just I, I like I like Dak in these kind of situations. Look, Dak is not as you know naturally gifted as Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers, but he's a leader through and through. He can win you games. And, I don't know, I, just, I have a gut feeling that it's going to be Dallas in this one. I'm going to go contrary here, KC. To me, that... It's just so hard to not get super excited about a 41-14 victory for the Kansas City yeah. Chiefs. It's like, we, I feel like we've all been waiting for that one week where it clicks for the Chiefs and it finally happened. I think they're able to continue that momentum here in Dallas, here against Dallas. And it's a high-scoring game that Kansas City takes. Oh, yeah, I, I completely agree. It'll probably be a shootout, but maybe a classic game, maybe one of the better games of the year. It's definitely – you seem like it could be that way. I, I, I don't usually bet against Patrick Mahomes, and I'm not going to here. I, I think this team is getting it together at the right moment here, especially that offense. The defense, I agree with you, Mike. I don't think this defense is good enough for them to win – in the playoffs or win the big games in the playoffs, I want to mm-hmm. say, especially conference championships, Super Bowl-type games. But I think right now they're going to be good, good enough to win some regular season games for sure. And I think Patrick Mahomes has his magic and wins a game in probably a very high-scoring affair in that one. Another divisional game here in the 4 o'clock slate here. Arizona traveling to Seattle here in this one. Miles, who do you got? This one all depends on Kyler Murray to me, which okay. uh, as of now, he's listed as a game-time decision. And to me, I, it's still a bit of a hot take taking the, the Seahawks with Kyler out. Obviously, it was a pretty abysmal performance last week against the Packers. But still, I'm taking the home team, the Seattle Seahawks. I think that, obviously, if Kyler Murray plays, scratch that. But barring Kyler Murray... I'm gonna go Seattle. I think that uh, last week was a it was a you know it wasn't a real representation of what this Seahawks team can do, and I think that they take this one at home against a, a, a non-special team without Kyler Murray, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, give me Arizona. You know, I know, like you said, the quarterback situation is kind of up in the air. I, I, I don't know. I just think Arizona overall is more talented. You know, Russ looked uh, rusty coming back <laughs> from uh, the finger injury, so I don't know. I, I like Arizona in this one. 
I originally had Arizona, and then, you know what, the more I think about it, I, I, I just feel like this is a very, like, NFC West type game where the Seahawks end up winning. And I, I feel like with Russ back, obviously, you know, it took him a game to really get back in full gear. I think, you know, he has a good game in this one. And Kyle Murray, Kyler Murray, even if he plays, second half of last year, he was not good. He kind of took that, you know, um, regression a bit. And I think, you know, even if he doesn't plays or doesn't play, I think it's going to take him time to get the rust off. And I just feel like in Seattle, really tough place to play. I think Seattle is going to take this one here. Two more picks here on the docket this week. Sunday night football, Pittsburgh traveling to L.A. to play the Chargers. Mike, who do you got? Yeah, Chargers are the better team. I just Pittsburgh is another one of those inconsistent <laughs> programs. Uh, yep. Programs. What is this college? I apologize. <laughs> I think it's just the football teams. Big Ben still don't trust them. I, I I don't know. He's just he's over the hill to me. And I, I don't know. I'm just a huge fan of Justin Herbert. I can't help it. Any game the guy plays in, I always feel like they're going to win. That's not always the case, but yeah, give me the Chargers. I'm going to go with the Chargers as well. Obviously, yeah, like you said, it, it's hard to keep repeating that, but they are the better football team and. The, the Steelers have shown why, you know, you can't really, you would never want to bet on the Steelers themselves. The Chargers are at home this week. It's a fun place to play. It seems like a team that has really come together the last few weeks. Obviously, lost a tough one at home against the Vikings. I think they do bounce back, though, and win by a couple touchdowns at home against the Steelers. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think they're going to get this win. I mean, I don't know. We'll see about the score. I mean, I could see a double-digit win, though. I, mm. I feel like Justin Herbert and those guys, I agree. I, I think they're the better team, and they're going to get the win in this one. And then primetime Monday night, as you said, Mike, Daniel Jones looking for his first win in primetime, going up against Tom Brady in the Buccaneers, who sneakily lost two straight. I, I think this, you know, again, I feel like this game, to me, it's the better team. You know, is the Bucks, and I think the better team wins. The Bucks are not going to lose three straight, and I think the Bucks get this win. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, I, I said it before. Daniel Jones does not play well in prime time, and the Buccaneers are the defending Super Bowl champs. I mean, what else is there really to say? Give me Tampa Bay. I, it's yeah, it's going to be impossible to to go with the Giants here. I'll have to go with Tampa Bay, but I do think it is going to be a lot closer than you both do. Andrew Thomas finally coming back. Got a yeah. lot of a lot of offensive weapons. For for the Giants coming back, but the, the the key statistic is will Tom Brady lose three in a row? I I, I guess that is impossible. So I'm gonna <laughs> go with I'm gonna go with Tom Brady here. Look, I don't think it's impossible, and like I don't think the Giants will get blown out, but I I, I do think that Tom Brady's gonna take care of business and get. Uh, this win, but that'll do it for this week here on NFL Friday. Definitely should be a fl- fun slate of games here in week 11. But for my partners, Mike Legan and Miles Grossman, I'm Andrew Galata saying enjoy your NFL Sunday and we'll talk to you next Friday.